Van Studio in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production presents Under the Water Tower, sponsored by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Derek Biglane and Matt Crane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Tell me about your weekend. Uh, soccer, again, played soccer all weekend. Uh, Wilson actually played, uh, my son, 13-year-old son, played soccer out at Mike Rose, ended up playing four games. We actually won our 6U uh, girls soccer game. Oh, very nice. It, it was good, but when we left the game, we were losing 4-3. to three. We had to leave a little bit early to mm-hmm. get out to his game. Four, we were losing 4-3, to three, and when, when, when my daughter left, they came back. We won. So I don't know if that's an omen or what, but with her not being there. They her were, plus minus was not yeah, they, good. Yeah, they, actually, her being away from the entire um, uh, soccer complex was a good thing, I guess. So mm-hmm. we were better without her, I guess. But we'll, we'll figure it out. And you had, know. what, 8 a.m. games both, both days? Uh, yeah, so both Saturday and Sunday, 8 o'clock games. Woke up earlier on the weekend than I do during the week, so that's never a good time. But they ended up playing four games, played for the uh, semifinals, and were, were not able to – a team out of um, St. Louis. team out of St. Louis. Yeah. Tell me how – you pronounce this soccer team AJAX. I know that the we would say Ajax, but it's Ajax, and it? Yes. Ajax. That's a, a yeah. team. I believe it's in the. My son's going to kill me. It's in the right. So French the J- league, maybe right. So the J is has a different sound and stuff like or that. Or the Netherlands. That are the Netherlands. Netherlands. That's exactly right. And and I learned that on uh, Saturday after we had lost to them four to nothing. I learned that, but when you come to Collierville, Tennessee, it's going to be called Ajax. Well, I mean, yeah, right. it's, it's it's Ajax, right? Um, it was Ajax when yeah. we talked about it. The Trojan War. Sure. He was Ajax. I, that Ajax, But they yeah. go Ajax. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you can drive your Tesla down from St. Louis and, and drink your coffee and stuff over there. But, you know, when you come to Collierville, it's called Team Ajax. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just like Ajax Downer. But anyway, yeah. So soccer all weekend. Uh, well, my weekend uh, started off pretty good. Just, you know, again, always did the yard work. and Tough Saturday morning. Got a good run in. But then the rebels took the field. And that was exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Which we'll talk about. There's somebody in the SEC that has a worse kicker than we do, and that was good that we played them on that day. So that helped. Thank you, Kentucky kicker. Uh, we will take that win. So anyway, it was that, that was a good afternoon. Didn't do much Saturday night. Uh, then Sunday, you just had church, Sunday school, and went to eat. And other than that, just kind of enjoyed the outside. Actually went on my back porch and, and took a nap on a swing. Hadn't done that in a little while. Yeah. That's it. Just a uh, pretty relaxed weekend. So. Well, we talked about it. We have pretty boring lives when it's all Pretty boring down. lives. I'm sure everybody else is going and <laughs> driving to St. Louis or to Nashville or somewhere. And, of course, spring break coming, you know, fall break coming up. We have absolutely zero plans, so that's yeah. also exciting. Beautiful weather outside, good time to go look for a house. As we said in the opening, the UTW podcast is now sponsored. Our presenting sponsor is Team Couch of Birch Realty. Team Couch has been in business now for over a decade plus. They've been the number one residential real estate team. Terry and Brian do a wonderful job uh, running their team over at Birch Realty Group. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Again, they're licensed in Mississippi and Tennessee. So if you're buying or selling a home, please reach out to Team Couch of Birch Realty Group, our new presenting sponsor for the UTW Podcast. Podcast is recorded each and every Tuesday and Friday from the Mid-South Van Studio right here in Hernando. Mid-South Vans has been in business now for five years. Mid-South Vans has 12 and 15 passenger vans for any daily, weekly, or monthly rental needs you may have. Please give the team a call at 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. Pay close attention to our Facebook page with Mid-South Vans and, and our different thing advertised on some, some big changes are coming up over the next two weeks for Mid-South Vans, and I think it's going to be a wonderful thing for Hernando. Speaking of Hernando, uh, the Hernando Alderman meeting is tonight. Tonight, City Hall, 6 p.m., it being the first Tuesday of the month. Several things on the agenda, of course. It's actually a pretty long agenda, but a lot of it is 
consent agenda and some other couple small things that they have to approve. There's four things that we want to look at uh, today on the podcast, though. The first one being there's about four new hires that the city will be uh, making uh, tonight. Uh, looks like there will be approval of four hires. The second thing is is that they're authorizing to advertise for the Conger Park Pathway Improvements. Obviously, that sounds like the Conquer Park pathway. Those that are familiar with Conquer Park, this is a walking path that goes pretty much the around the entire, I guess, uh, perimeter of the park. And it looks like they're going to be making improvements. So it doesn't, you know, may you know, have to come tonight to find out what. But I, I would assume that there would be some more asphalt uh, laid down, maybe some uh, buffer zones and stuff like that. So that is going to be talked about tonight. The third thing that. Uh, on the agenda that we talk about is that the Dale Wilson project, these are the townhomes that will be located next to one Memphis street. They are actually coming up for approval tonight. Remember they passed the planning commission about a month ago and they're now uh, in front of the alderman. And so I think that was tabled from last time because uh, an alderman uh, had not had time to read the material. And so they are now be discussing that uh, tonight. And then finally is one that I think we want to talk a little bit about is the redistricting of the city wards. Uh, the city, of course, is broke up into wards. Every alderman what represents a ward. There are six wards uh, and then an at-large alderman uh, that make up the city of Hernando. And the wards, basically, the populations are out of whack. There, there's some wards that have just a couple hundred people, a few hundred people. And then there's a you know, couple wards that have a you know, few thousand people. And so they're having, just because of the way the population has grown, where the houses are being built, the neighborhoods are located, they are going to have to, every you know, so often, they have to come together and kind of redraw those. But because... Hernando is in Mississippi. They have to make sure for the redistricting. There's no redlining going on. There's no you know gerrymandering uh, to make fair for you know one race or one color or one party. And so all that has to be taken into consideration. The city's been looking at this probably for well over a year now, uh, actually probably a couple years now. And uh, the state has mandated that they have this in place before the elections next spring. When did the state mandate this? Or is this a, has this been in place and the state just simply said, oh, yeah, guys, by the way, don't forget, you got a month? From what I understand, the last election that we had uh, four years, three and a half years ago in the city, the state wanted it done then. It was not done. And so they have basically said before the next city elections happen, you, you have to have this done. So we have we kind of, I mean, has the city kind of kicked the can as far as it can be kicked? And we got to. Correct. Yeah. Time, time's up. We got to get this Correct. done. Take it seriously. And, and there's you know. been, I mean, there's been, you know, a lot of aldermen will be running or having a campaign in different areas now. Uh, a lot of aldermen may have to, there's actually a, a chance that a couple of aldermen could face each other hmm. because of the way that the lines are drawn and that sort of thing or, or where they live. Right. based on how the new lines are drawn. And so, again, that all is taken into consideration. There were several proposals done. From what, from what I understand, I think it's down to basically there is a general idea of what it should look like. But, you know, where exactly is that the line going to go down? What street in that neighborhood? Right. I mean, that all matters. And that's, Does it look like they're going to have they're going to have those I mean, initial maps tonight? Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. I think, again, some stuff's been done in executive session. You know, and again, this they've had consultants come up from Jackson who has presented it at, at previous alderman meetings who have talked about this. The aldermen know this has to be done, and, and so I, I think I think it'll be a good discussion. If, if you're not familiar with this, it may be a great meeting to come to tonight to kind of look at it and see. Or at least watch it on YouTube Live. YouTube, uh, yeah, yeah, YouTube one hour Live afterwards, hour, yes. you can go uh, to the uh, City of Fernando page, click on the you know the previous meeting, which you can find on there. And, and again, we will be reporting that uh, Friday on this show. So... Uh, but I, I think that's going to be a, a great discussion. This is something that will affect you directly. Every single one of us. Because literally you may not be voting 
in the same place that you voted for last time right. and for the same person you voted for last time uh, for the city election. And not only that, but I, th- I know that there's at least one alderman retiring, uh, another one that may be considering it. There will be a lot of people um, are trying to run that are new in the spring. They may or may not who was in, who represented your ward last time may not be this time, right? And the uh, the elections coming up in the spring uh, are going to be full of, like you had mentioned, you you know of one that's definitely retiring, uh, some other ones that are going in a different direction, um, and so I, th- I think next spring is going to be a, a very interesting time in Hernando for an, for an election. Looking forward to that. But uh, again, Alderman meeting tonight for the city of Hernando, the first and third Tuesday of every month is the Alderman meeting. So that that's something that people enjoy. Everybody that I talk to, I say everybody, a lot of people I talk to. Uh, when it comes to the podcast, says the Alderman meeting uh, information is something they really look forward to and appreciate on that. But again, everybody can watch the YouTube live channel an hour after the meetings. You simply go there. You can watch it. Uh, a lot of times that Derek can't make the meeting. That's how he keeps up with what's going on and gives us uh, updates. But we'll have updates on the meeting, of course, on Friday, our Friday show. Uh, visit with you guys about that. Uh, also, first and third Tuesday is the South Haven Alderman meeting as well. City of South Haven has a number of different projects going on. Uh, Derek, just give us a quick rundown on those. And if you're listening to the podcast, please be able to picture kind of in your mind where he's talking about some different uh, neighborhood talk and a little bit of commercial property. Uh, the first, there's several resolutions that the city is going to look to talk about tonight and maybe look to uh, resolutions for amendments to the truck routes, to uh, sign ordinances, city ordinances. And, you know, those are all things that they kind of went into detail last meeting. And they'll be talking more about those, about what's exactly going to be expected, some of the changes that are being made. You know, some will be, you know, are going to be more strict. Uh, others will be a little more lax. But there will be resolutions for amendments to those different areas of the city. Another thing they're going to be looking at is the authorization, authorization excuse me, to seek proposals and bids. First, for the Parks Department, they're going to be looking for a, a new point of sale system and playground equipment for Central Park. They're going to be looking for bids for police equipment. And then finally, the Utilities Department is going to be looking for bids for uh, chemicals uh, to use for uh, different parts of the city. So they'll be you know, looking for those proposals, those bids. And the final thing, I guess, that looks like uh, what I would consider one of, you know, one of the most important things that they'll be considering is the planning agenda. Uh, item number one will be the applications by Upper Homes Place LLC for a subdivision approval for the Devji Commercial Subdivision on the southwest corner of State Line Road at Getwell Road. The second application is by Melvin and Ruth Brooks for subdivision approval for the Brooks Minor Subdivision on the east side of Swinney Road, south of Church Road. And then the third uh, application is by Rand Management LLC for design review approval of a multi-tenant commercial building on the northeast corner of Church Road and Getwell Road, which is, of course, a very a heavily traveled road uh, in the county. Yeah, so just picture that, Derek. Northeast corner of Getwell and Church Road has been uh, kind of grown up and, and high grass for, I think it's around 15, 16 acres, and I believe the people selling it uh, required you to buy it all. They were not going to chop it up or not going to, and so so um, the, the gentleman with Rand Management, I actually know the gentleman uh, that purchased that, and, and he has big plans to uh, one or two decent-sized tenants uh, in that area. Could be a heck of a nice project right there on that northeast corner. Well, it's corner. just down from Snowden. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, all yeah. that stuff going on. Sure. Silo Square. Well, I mean, you picture the south, the, the southeast corner is the Kroger, southeast corner uh Goodman and, and Getwell. So picture that. So, you know, you go two miles down into well, Church Road. you've got Road. a bank, you've got a Walgreens, you get a, a, sure. a CVS. Yeah, so it just makes sense. And I mean, you know, so I'm looking forward to seeing what that's like. Uh, again, I know it's going to be a nice project there. I think it's probably, they've 
probably talked about a, a really nice uh, convenience store on the corner type situation and retail. But uh, I, he does a great job. He owns other properties in South Haven, so he's been a partner of the city for quite a while now. Uh, does a good job there. Uh, Mayor Muscle White will also give his mayor's report, which is usually pretty lengthy, pretty detailed. He gives a good report. So again, if you're in the city of South Haven or if you care about the city of South Haven, please try to attend the meeting tonight at 6 p.m. If not, uh, it'll also be uh, online about an hour afterwards, and you can watch it in its entirety online. Yeah, some and something else, Derek, uh, wrapping up the City of South Haven news. I, I guess it's coming up on a two-year anniversary nearly, maybe, of the— Three-year. Three-year anniversary. Um, so the City of South Haven had basically asked the courts—I uh, filed a motion— with the courts to throw out the wrongful death. What is it, Derek? Help me out there. Right, it's a, a wrongful death a lawsuit yes. uh, against uh, the city of South Haven by the Lopez family. Um, by, the Lopez, you know, was an individual that was shot. Uh, the the cops had a search warrant. Uh, they had got to the wrong house. They went in and in the altercation, uh, Mr. Lopez was shot. And so the you know this has gone through. The grand jury uh, did not ha- said so they did not have enough evidence to indict the officers on a criminal case. Uh, but this is a civil case where the family has sued the city of South Haven. The uh, city of South Haven asked to have it dismissed. The judge threw it out. The city of South Haven said that um, we're trying to argue that because Mr. Lopez did not have his rights violated because he was un- an undocumented uh, immigrant. Hmm. And they, the court said that is not correct, that anybody in the United States uh, does have rights, whether they're documented or not. And so they threw it out, and the city of South Haven, of course, has no comment after, the, after throwing it out. The issue is, is that I think uh, all the people involved, I think there were uh, two or three officers involved uh, in the shooting. Uh, one of them is no longer with the force. One of them has been moved to the FBI unit, and then one of them may still be with uh, the city, but in a different capacity. So none of them are actually in the job where they were three years ago. And so I think it's just going to be, you know, obviously it, it's now going to head, I guess, to a grand, uh, a grand jury for a civil case. Um, or maybe you know at some point to court, but it looks like it's going to be you know on, going on for a while. Uh, definitely a large case uh, in this area. I can't believe it's been almost three years. That's crazy. Three years seems like ten minutes ago, but uh, just a uh, just an awful situation for everybody involved, uh, the Lopez family uh, especially. But just it was on every news channel around here for quite a while and discussion about that. But it also, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Derek. It started out with the wrong address. That's correct. I mean, that, that the wrong address. Just you know, maybe we can have somebody to come on and talk about this. Uh, you and I know several people uh, involved with the city of South Haven Police Department. Maybe we can. Get somebody to talk. Well, if they're not having any comment, I don't know how much they could actually talk to us on our podcast. But very interesting uh, turn of events there. So, you know, the case, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that, uh, certainly for, for our listeners. Uh, something a little bit different, Derek, a little bit um, you know, light on, a, on, a, on a, definitely a lighter note. The opportunity, Derek, one of the worst, I think one of the top three voted places uh, for people that they do not want to go ever is the DMV. The DMV. But, but the, the DMV. But that could be changing. That could be changing here with the new Skip the Line program. That is correct. Uh, some, I've just said some good news in, involving uh, law enforcement. The DMV Skip the Line program is a new program that started on all, October 1st. So even if you did not know about it, it has already taken place. Uh, there's basically four parts to this new program. And the first one is the online appointment. You can now set appointments up the location of your choice 
at the time of your choice, obviously, if it's not already taken, and you have priority over those standing in line. So kind of like the Disney's Fast Pass, you can, you know, go online, say, look, oh, looks like I got next Tuesday at 9 o'clock. So next Tuesday at 9 o'clock, you show up and you get there. There may be 15 people in line. And you just like up. Uh, I've got an appointment at nine o'clock, and just you yeah. go in. Well, that's going to go over real well. That's going to go over real that's well. Gonna, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I, there's know, a lot of things crossing my brain right now. Yeah. That I'm like, don't know what you're going to have to show. I you've seen some of the people at the DMV. Come it's on gonna, now. Look, I'm just saying this. If the, if I wa- if I show up at nine o'clock in the morning and some lady's sitting there with her slippers on that has been there since seven o'clock, she, she's not going to be happy. She is going to call me every name you can imagine. And you know what she needs to do? She needs to listen to the UTW podcast. That's right. And say, you know, I would have had my news. I would have, I could have right. booked this and not had to worry about all this. That's exactly but, right. That's what I'll say to her when she's uh, about to slap me. That's right. That's say, man, did you it. go to the Skip the Line app on the DMV? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you not listen to the UTW podcast? <laughs> To find out about this? Not listen. Uh, the second thing it'll do is, is uh, the skip the line camera. So if you know if you haven't set it up and maybe you you okay, well I've got a little time today. I want to run down there. You can actually pull up cameras that'll be at DMVs now where you can see the length of the line. So if you say I want to go to Nesbitt, I want to go to Olive Branch or Batesville, and oh, there's only about four people in line. I can get there in five minutes. You know, maybe a couple more people beat you, but you know it won't be a long line. You'll know that before you even head that way. The third thing is is the firearms. You know, you do have to. You know, up to now you have to go to the DMV to re- you know re-register your firearms or your licenses. No longer have to go in person. Uh, you can now renew those online or by mail. Now I'm sure there are some restrictions based on if you've had felonies in the past, based on you know the <laughs> fact that I mean probably your you. To actually obtain your original license, I'm sure you have to do in person. But if you have one, you're in good standing. They can now be renewed online or by mail. And then the last thing is, and this is what's been going on just since March, is that they have there are no more alphabet days. You know, uh, at one point, like A through D would go on Monday and E through J would go on Tuesday, etc., well, you know, just to try to you know shorten the lines because you had to you had to go on the day that you know coincided with your last name. You no longer have to do that. Uh, that all the days are back open where anybody can go any day. But please, again, use either the online appointment or look at the camera before you go, and uh, to hopefully make the. I'm not saying it will be carefree. But it'll hopefully a lot less stressful to go into the DMV going forward. Quick question, uh, and that's available now. Started October 1st. Started October 1st. Okay. And I don't know, UTW podcast listeners, just a little bit of a uh, thing. Your son and my daughter, we went down to Batesville. Mm-hmm. Had sure. a great experience. Great experience. That was that was the way to go. We were probably able to drive down to Batesville, get our license, et cetera, and come back by, by the before we would have been able to talk to anybody in Nesbitt. Correct. If you listen to the UTW podcast and you work with the DMV in Nesbitt, you have a you have an absolute open invitation onto this. We show. would love to hear. We about would the skip abs- the program, please. Past stories, future stories. We would love to hear them all. What I'll do, just a little secret here behind the curtain. What we'll do is we'll set the appointment up for eight o'clock, and then we'll just sit there and look at them till ten o'clock. And then we'll start the interview. That's what we'll do. It was the cable guy. We'll just call him. Oh, my gosh. Tell him to be at 10, and we'll show up about 2. Man, well, look, the D, there's no more miserable place. DMV, get there about 7.15. People are in their lawn chairs at the DMV in Nesbitt sitting there to be the first ones to go in. They're in at 8 o'clock. They don't do anything. We don't get anywhere till like nine. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Well, they're, they're trying. Are there cameras? Are there going to be cameras on the DMV workers so we can set? We can say like a speed. Maybe Did not say that. It was just on the line. <laughs> so we're not. You, we're you not on the. the okay. I, I'm sure that the, the workers probably said I, no. No, 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 I, no. I do not agree. With oh that. yeah, I do not agree. Yeah, with I don't that. agree with uh, putting cameras on me. Podcast brought to you by the Print House, located at 2462 Church Street, right here in Hernando. The Print House is your one-stop shop for printing services. Business cards, banners, screen printing for t-shirts, as well as a showroom full of all your vinyl and t-shirt needs. 
Whether it's a new logo or marketing plan for your business or a large order of t-shirts for your family reunion or church group, the ladies at the Printhouse can help. Simply give them a call at 662-298-3105 or find them online at theprinthousems.com. Mention the podcast for a 5% discount instantly. Podcast also brought to you by Precision Services, located right here in Hernando. Whether you're a real estate flipper or a homeowner with simply too much in your yard, Precision can help. They specialize in residential or commercial renovations. With over 20 years' experience in the demolition, junk removal, and construction business, Precision is eager to bid on your next project. Give them a call at 662-469-4189. Mention the podcast and get 5% off your estimate instantly. That's 662-469-4189. To sports a little bit, before we get into our high school sports and our college sports and everything like that, something big going on in the city of Hernando. Kind of a discussion they seem to be having about every four or five years, Derek, about the sports feasibility right here for the city of Hernando. Tell us about that. Yeah, the sports feasibility study for Hernando will take place this Thursday, October, excuse me, not this Thursday, Thursday, October 15th, so not uh, this week but next week, from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. at the Gale Center. The sports feasibility study will review uh, the study and the business plan for the rec facilities and the sports tournament uh, draft plans. So they're going to be basically looking at, you know, with the the feasibility study that the city uh, had done to say, you know, where do our rec fields, how do they rank or how do they rate? And then also if we wanted to host sport tournaments, what kind could we host and what would be involved in that? The plan will be presented from 6 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. on that night. And then from 6.30 to 7, we'll allow questions and review of the exhibits for those in attendance. And, of course, all COVID uh, protocols will be in place. So, Derek, you've been involved with this in the past. I have. Okay, Heavily involved in the soccer complex. If your kids play soccer uh, now in the city of Hernando, the soccer complex uh, out. Robertson. Rob, uh, yeah, right off Robertson Road. Uh, Derek was heavily involved with that as well as other people uh, here in the Hernando community. Catch us up on that. What, what does that mean, sports feasibility? How often do they have these meetings? Well, they, you know, they, the new feasibility study has been going on uh, for a while. And, and the city is, you know, again, we did this, I guess, uh, privately four or five years ago and came up and they drew a plan and it was mainly just for the soccer complex. And we did it for the soccer complex. We did an overall study on where we ranked versus the uh, tax base compared to other cities of our size and then the recreation programs that they had compared to what we had. And so we did all, we did go through all that, but it was very, it was privately done. It was not uh, in no way was anybody that I was working with licensed to do those type of things or, or employed to do those type of things. But we had an idea of kind of what we wanted and, and kind of what we wanted to see and knew what other towns of our size were doing across Mississippi. And so right. we were just trying to get the city to understand that, you know, kind of where we ranked and where our tax is too low to support something like that. You know, where's our commercial, you know, ranked or rated uh, based on those cities. And so it was more just an informational gathering that we did and then kind of presented that as part of, uh, you know, what we wanted to see for the soccer field, which we spent a lot of the money uh, either privately that we had or the money that we raised was to get a, a study done and a, a plan, a master plan done for the soccer field, which we still have which is, you know, still in place technically uh, once we get uh, uh, hopefully another uh, round of fundraising money next year. Um, so that's we did that on a smaller scale. This is a, a citywide scale. The city has asked, uh, you know, 
experts consultants to come in. experts yeah because the stuff you did was i remember you, you guys doing that several years ago you on your own cord contacted the cities roughly the same size like 15 to thirty thousand. i remember another lady i won't mention her name got very detailed with another city that was like ours so she knew a lot about that stuff that's right and what it, you know and and so again uh talking about those cities what they had uh compared to what we had yeah, uh, we did it on our own volition, and right. and this is done again by experts and consultants. This which, should be pretty cool. Yeah, and it will be. Yeah. and I know some people will react. Well, you know, why wasn't this done when when you did it privately? Why wasn't it done then or ten years ago, fifteen years ago? And again, all cities go through five year, ten year, twenty year plans for their city as a whole, for different areas of the city. And I think that people in Hernando they want better parks um, but they've asked for better parks that has to start with a plan and i think the city is now funding their own plan and i think that you know again i'm not saying it's not five years too late i'm not saying it's tw- not 20 years too late but you know it's better than asking next week why did the city have a plan they sure. are trying to get a plan together so we you know we can spend all day on the negatives or where was this whenever but i think we should look at the positive that this is being done, being presented, and if you are uh, inclined, if, if you have kids coming up, if you have kids in the programs, show up next Thursday Take at 6 o'clock at the Gale Center and talk about it. I mean, you know, and, and again, listen to the first, the first 30 minutes they will present. The last 30 minutes you can ask questions. They'll have like different exhibits, you know, different boards set up where you can go look at this board and kind of what they've done with the, uh, the pedestrian stuff in the past where you can say, well, here's the bike routes and here are the walking routes. And, well, it's the same thing with the park. So please go listen. And again, we'll do our best to find out all the information we can. And if not reported on the day after that Friday, uh, which will be the 16th on our show, then it would be the, the following Tuesday. Right. And, Derek, you and I would both agree. I, I mean, every for the last two weeks, you said, hey, Matt, how was your weekend? And it, it involved the micro soccer complex, which is a beautiful 17-field no, complex mm-hmm. uh, south of Collierville, Collierville-Cordova area. Hernando, we're already behind in, we're in behind. the arms race. Yeah, in the arms race of parks and, and recreation stuff. I mean, you know, we just are. I mean, look at Snowden. I mean, Snowden's a 20-year, over over 20-year facility now. And they're about to add soccer fields. That'll be gorgeous. Just and probably state of the art, and they're redoing the, the infields of the baseball field, right. you know. But they've got obviously the commercial that we don't have. Uh, Carville, you know, the, the reason it's called Mike Rose is because he wrote a check, right? So, I mean, there's you know, there are different things, and, and the city of Hernando would love for somebody to write a check and call it Blank Park, right. whatever sure. park, whatever name you want to give it. But if that's not going to happen, then we do have to build the, the commercial tax base, and things are coming in. Principals online for taxes next year, AWG coming online on 51. Uh, you've got the corners opening up. You've got the Mackinville exit that'll have you know commercial corners at all four you know at the, on all four sides of the exit. So there are stuff you know there are locations coming up. But you know again we've got to get it in. We've got to have the infrastructure, and you know, the city knows that. And you know we we'll continue to work. And there's a reason there's an election next year. Yeah. If you're not happy, then talk to somebody that you want to run, or run let's put the people in there that that's or you right. know if you want to run yourself, if you've sure. got good ideas. But that's that's what a democracy is. But I I do commend the city. For doing this on their own, I do commend, and I, I look forward to hearing about it. I look forward to, again, this is probably the preliminary. This will be kind of where we are, and then they'll ask questions, and they'll kind of see what the uh, answers are from those that are there and the direction that they want you know, the city to go. Yeah, that's uh, Thursday, October 15th at the Gale Center, 6, six o'clock. That's right. Uh, 6 to 6.30 is going to be the discussion. I'm sorry, 6 to 6.30 is the presentation. 6.37 is going to be an opportunity for you to speak up or ask questions and, and do those different things. So, again, we'll 
we'll, we'll talk more about that as we get uh, further uh, or it gets uh, closer. Uh, Derek, so a lot of talk on the podcast. We're obviously going to turn to high school football uh, shortly, uh, but we have had some uh, some people reach out to us via email and uh, through uh, that know us personally and and would like to talk a little bit of a little bit of high school, or uh, I'm sorry, a little bit of DeSoto County volleyball. So give us an update on that. For those that don't know, uh, DeSoto County is one of the stronger uh, volleyball areas uh, in the uh, – it's definitely in the state of Mississippi. That's correct. Uh, some of the best teams in the state of Mississippi are right here in DeSoto County. So we're going to start to follow them along a little bit and update you guys on that. Obviously, we're talking a lot about football. The vast majority of football players are male. Uh, so DeSoto County volleyball is an opportunity for us to mention some of the young ladies that are doing such a good job all around the county. So, Derek, catch us up. I talk last time on the podcast about the fact that you know we probably chose poorly uh, in the women's soccer just because really only two teams play right now one of them's not playing very well and then the other you know, and the fact that the rest don't start up to november which of course is also dead in the middle of men's and women's basketball seasons which easily allows us to talk about both and so you know next year we will start with volleyball but it's not too late this year uh, because the playoffs start next week or actually probably this week and what kind of want to wrap up where the uh, the girls finished uh, this past weekend with the district championships uh, and the uh, the county championships. So DeSoto Central and the 6A Division One won its seventh consecutive regular season title uh, over rival uh, Lewisburg. The you now if you don't unfamiliar with volleyball, sometimes they play best of five, sometimes they play best of three. It depends on the tournament. Uh, this ended up being a best of five for the final. DeSoto Central got – they lost the first uh, set 21-25. The second set 23-25. They're down 0-2. Turnaround started in the third set, and they won the third set 25-17. The fourth set 25-16. And then the fifth set, which they don't play, only played a 15 in the fifth set, 15-9. So just a great comeback by DeSoto Central down 0-2. Came back and won at 3-2. Uh, over Lewisburg for their seventh consecutive district title. So that was a great, uh, obviously a great match. I'm sure a great event to be at. And and uh, Lewisburg, obviously, you know, nothing to hang your hat because they're still I mean, in the playoffs. They're still in the playoffs. Sure. Uh, the other one, uh, then okay, so that is the a district championship. The county also does a county wide volleyball championship. And you may say, well, isn't pretty much the county the district? It is, except for two schools, Lake Cormorant and Center Hill. Uh, are both 5A. They're not 6A, so they're not in the district with the other schools. And so there's also a countywide tournament. Now, Center Hill uh, won the 5A district championship uh, So uh, for District 1. And so they had a county championship, which, again, all the county schools played this past Saturday. DeSoto Central won that one for the sixth year in a row. They beat Horn Lake 2-1, to one, Center Hill 2-1 to one in pool play, Lake Cormorant in the semifinals 2-0, and then they beat Lewisburg again, in the finals, two to one, the the sets this time were 25-22. They lost the second one, 19-25, and they won the third set, 15 to 11, to to beat Lewisburg for the second time uh, in three days uh, for a championship. Uh, Lewisburg had gotten to the championship by beating Olive Branch, Hernando, Lake Cormorant, and Center Hill. So, again, um, just a great. Uh, a great weekend of volleyball, just a great week, especially for DeSoto Central, who won uh, you know two titles in three days. But again, nothing for the other one. We have you know, Center Hill will represent very strongly in 5A. Uh, you have DeSoto Central have several schools from 6A going to the playoffs. So just look forward to reporting on that. Yeah, we'll we'll start to keep up with that a little bit more and include that as the playoffs go go along. Uh, Derek, what we were talking about um, presenting sponsor is very uh, involved in. 
uh, middle school volleyball. His daughter plays, and, and he kind of keeps me up to speed on that. Hernando, Lewisburg, and D.C. are the top three schools in the middle school ranks uh, right now for volleyball right here uh, locally. So I think they're in the middle. The middle school is about to start a tournament. Uh, we'll keep you uh, updated on that. Just to, to shout out to the young ladies there that are that are battling each and every week and, comp- and uh, uh, competing. So, uh, you know, shout out to them and continue to uh, – Success, not a public school, but a private school that's having a lot of success right now in volleyball. North Point Lady Trojans. Yeah, North Point Lady Trojans. They uh, are in the. They're already in the playoffs. The T have already started their playoff. Uh, this is Division Two. North Point uh, won the first run of the playoffs against Sacred Heart with a 3-0 victory. They won all three sets. And Sacred Heart this past Friday, excuse me, they played again last night uh, against ECS, and they they were not successful in the second round. They uh-huh. lost the second round uh, of the playoffs to ECS. Uh, the scores were 25-14, 25-9, and 25-21. Uh, so they went down 3-0 to ECS in the second round of the playoffs. Seems like they started playing in the third set. <laughs> they they, <laughs> they, they woke decided, up in the third set. They kind of woke up in the third set. It's like, oh, well, we better play um, But, you know, again, there was uh, several you know, several good plays. Riley Grace Davis had a couple aces. You had Addie Kate Obar, uh, who had an eight, uh, another uh, ace, and kind of brought it close there in the third set. But, unfortunately, they were not able to uh, put it away. I know Coach Dedman, uh, Joy Dedman, is the head coach for the North Point. Uh, just, you know, very proud of her team and being able to make it. You know, the second round of the playoffs is nothing to hang your head about. So, again, congratulations to the girls on a great season. And, again, next year we'll be there from the beginning supporting you. Yeah, absolutely. We'll start covering volleyball a little earlier uh, next year uh, versus I think we did maybe, what, 15 minutes of Lady lady Trojan soccer. Lady Trojans and Lady Chiefs <laughs> soccer, and then it was – it you know, it was, it was very, there were very few and far between in those games that we did have. Yeah, I think, I think good, it was so. a nothing-nothing tie the first game we That's did. And, then, and I don't know if they scored the rest of the season. Maybe one or two goals. So, anyway, it's kind of kind of been a long long season for, for them. But, uh, anyway, well, good luck to you ladies uh, with the high school volleyball. Derek, we're going to turn our attention real quick uh, to football. We're going to turn it to the, to the pigskin. But let's go real quick to the college ranks. We picked Ole Miss to win, and they did. Picked Ole Miss to win, and they did. Like you said, benefited from kicker who uh, kind of nonchalantly missed one. And yeah, in so overtime, I, yeah, and, and we will absolutely take that all day long. When that when it happened, so I'm watching it. I'm 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 to the point now where I can actually watch an Ole Miss game, not to get nervous because I just expect the worst to happen. And so we go to overtime after our defense gives up a touchdown with you know less than two minutes left, which is get used to that. And so we're sitting there, and so the score, I'm like, okay, this is great. And then when he misses the extra point, uh, I think was it you texted me and my brother texted me. Somebody texted me and said, you know, the, the pressure's all on them. And I'm mean? like, no, 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 the pressure's now on our kicker wow. because he's not good. And now he actually could make the extra point to win. Yeah, and so and he did. Yeah, and he did because you know we knew we couldn't kick a field goal. We had to score a touchdown. Sure, yeah. So he had no pressure there. Only pressure if we scored. We scored. Look, bad the worst him. Kick, the worst kickers are still at about ninety eight percent extra points. Maybe I'm just saying. No, the the, the the Kentucky kicker could go out there right now and kick a hundred extra points. And, oh, I agree. And, I agree. You know what I'm saying? That's the tough part right there. So I mean, we definitely handed a gift. We took it. We got it. No, look. love our offense, man. <laughs> love our love offense. It. Yeah, our UTW podcast listeners. Uh, a lot of the guys that we deal with each and every day or text back and forth with friends or listeners. So, I mean, just loving the offense right now. I mean, come on, Ole Miss fans. I mean, defense is, is a struggle. Defense is a struggle. We have struggled on that, uh, that side of the ball for the last three or four years. Recruiting on that side of the ball has been atrocious and just laughable. And now uh, that's going to get a lot better. We do. I, I believe that. Um, Mississippi State. I was uh, – someone called me today, and I think on the Friday podcast, I said, maybe I'm an idiot. And he called me today and said, well, you are an idiot. Oh, wow. It was absolutely – anything that could have gone wrong. You did say with. take the under. Yeah. The under easily covered. Oh, easily. E- easily. Yeah, easily. Easily won the under. Yeah. 
Uh, however, um, the, we had the wrong team favorite. No, no, the wrong team definitely. Now, and and I heard it at the end, and it made total sense. Uh, they they rushed three and dropped eight all night long. Oh, zone, yeah, zone so, coverage, so total yeah. zone coverage. I guess no blitzing or anything like that. They said, okay, if you're going to beat us, you, we know you want to throw. Here's how we're going to do this. Sadly, it's on film now. So well, it's that, off. I mean, and, you know, LSU is known they play man to man, and even with their best corner out sick, even with all the talent they had to go pro, Pelini. D- yeah. Just kept going man to man. Would not Pelini. drop it. You know, they was asked after the game about, "Hey, man, um, why didn't you just think about switching it up?" He said, "Look, we have a lot of new players. You know, this is a, a new system. We didn't get to have the all season." He said, "I was afraid that if I put them in zone, they literally would not know what to do because we have just not had the time. Because we've always been a man to man team. Yes, while watching them on film, that's exactly what I should have done. But if I'd have put them in zone, we'd have looked worse. I mean, he he admitted to that, and so." But now that everybody knows, okay, we just got to play a zone coverage. Now, again, a state should adjust because if they're putting three in a box, sure. what do you do? Sure. You got to run the ball. No, no. And they got a great running back. Absolutely. I mean, so I'll, I'm sure they'll look at the film themselves, they'll adjust. And so, I mean, that's, that's what coaching is. It's a cat and mouse, you know, back and forth. But that was, it was a shocker. Uh, to, yeah. To watch that as a shocker, just um, Arkansas is not a good team. Arkansas, don't don't let them fool you. They are not a good football team. I'll just say this: Arkansas, Ole Miss plays Arkansas in two weeks. There you go. Ole Miss is offense. Now, I mean, Felipe Franks will have 400 yards passing against us somehow. But I mean, maybe. I'm not saying we want to score them because we should. No, we and that's what I'm saying. I mean, get into a shootout. I think Ole Miss and Arkansas. I don't see Ole Miss, Ole Miss and Arkansas get into a shootout. I don't see it happening because I don't. I still don't think Arkansas can score. They yeah. won 21 14 the other night. Had a six uh, pick six. I'm pretty sure your high school could score our defense right now well anyway it's we'll bad <laughs> it's really bad i don't know you had not seen our we, my high school team lost to the bogalusa lumberjacks for the first uh, second time beat them 19 years in a row we've lost to them back to back years which speaking of lumberjack it's a great that's a great it's a great mascot okay we need that mascot. on the board can we can we get them can <laughs> the we lumberjack, get, that's a really can good we one get bogalusa to schedule a game up a, here we gotta get them on the board man, congratulations to Ole miss and all their fans uh mississippi state gotta get uh, ready for next week who do they play i don't know who state but i know we play alabama which is Disastrous. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll pick that on Friday. Turning to the high school ranks. Uh, high school, uh, we can continue to talk about it. Uh, just uh, really good uh, high school football being played in the DeSoto County uh, area in North Mississippi uh, at large. There's some really, really good football going on up here. Hernando and South Haven were on a bye this week, obviously because of some coronavirus issues in South Haven or with South Haven High School. So that game was canceled. Hernando gets the win on the, um, the forfeit by South Haven. So they benefit from that. Again, sadly that that's the way it has to happen, but that's the way the season is going. Uh, so we'll start on the east side. Center Hill play the Columbus Falcons. Columbus Falcons are not a good football team, but they played the Center Hill uh, Mustangs very hard. Center Hill moved to 4-1, 24-22 winners over the Columbus Falcons. Center Hill uh, moves to 2-0 in district, 4-1 on the season. Uh, again, Derek, we continue to talk about this. Center Hill is a good football team. They're doing a really good job, getting better, it seems like, each and every week. And uh, I look for them to be pretty formidable for the coming weeks. Yeah, I've uh, had a couple of uh, standout stars from the game. Preston Newsom from Center Hill was 7-9 for 158 yards and one TD. He also had two rushing TDs. So the quarterback for uh, Center Hill accounting for three uh, for all three TDs. Uh, Darren Hobbs on the defensive side had 10 tackles and one tackle for loss. So, again, just a good all-around effort. Probably a little more of a struggle than the uh, Mustangs were looking for. Sure, I agree. But, again, this is going to happen. They're 
you know, 15 to 18 year old kids. Sure. They're going to have letdowns. They're going to look at a team and say, okay, they're one and three or whatever, and we should, or one and four, and we should roll this team. And it gets in their head, and that's, that's hard to get out of there. But Coach Peacock, able to get, you know, gather them together, pull them through, and just uh, congratulations to the Mustang on a good win. Yeah, Mustangs move again 2 0 in district, 4 and 1 on the season. So good luck to them next week. We'll break down their game uh, this coming Friday. Olive Branch hosted Tupelo Golden Wave. Tupelo coming in with a record of 0 and 1 in the district and 1 and 3 on the season. You and I picked it on Friday. We just thought Olive Branch was going to be able to take it to Tupelo. Were we wrong on that one? Olive Branch falls to 1 and 1. Uh, on the uh, in the district season and four and one their first loss on the season as the Golden Wave come up to uh, Olive Branch come up seventy eight and beat the Keisters twenty one to seven so I don't even know if it was that close twenty one to seven Olive Branch gets their first loss of the season any stats we've had stats stats every week for Olive Branch and and I'm not not accusing anybody of anything but this is their first loss and I got nothing oh got nothing sent to me oh what a coincidence um I'm, I'm not saying that I'm maybe maybe uh I, I'm not sure but um. I will say this, you're talking about coming up 78. The game was actually delayed by 45 minutes because of a wreck that happened on 78 where the an 18-wheeler caught fire. And so Tupelo, the Tupelo team was tied up on 78. Jeez. And so the game had to be moved. And kick, the kickoff did not happen until 7.45 p.m. Mm. So it was already delayed. Uh, then again, Tupelo came in. It was 7-7 after the first quarter. Tupelo scored in the second, scored in the third. And to shut Olive Branch down, you know, I, we 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 know Olive Branch cannot throw the ball. Correct. Yes. They uh, don't. Or they throw choose the ball. not to they throw, the ball. throw I, the ball. They literally just don't attempt to pass. I'm not yes. saying they can't. They just don't attempt to pass. And Olive Branch, you know, it sounded like Tupelo to me put nine to eleven in the box and said you're gonna have to throw a pass. And yeah. and uh, Olive Branch didn't figure it out. I mean, Tupelo coming off of a surprising loss, I guess, to them to Hernando again, the first time Hernando had ever uh, beaten Tupelo. And then to, to, to turn around and beat a 4 and all branch team to show something about the character of the Tupelo team. Uh, but, again, now it's all branches turn to you know rebound, and, and we'll talk about their game later this week. Yeah, so, again, all branch uh, falls to 1-1, one 4-1 one, one on the season, uh, breaking them down on Friday. Lewisburg traveled to Oxford. Uh, Lewisburg did not have a good night in the 38655 zip code. 39-7, Oxford moves to 4-0, 2-0 in district. 39 to 7 over the, over the Lewisburg Patriots. Again, was not a pretty game for the Patriots. Derek, what you got? Quarterback Gage Haley for the Patriots was 13 and 19 for 129 yards. The rushing attack was 34 carries for 74 yards and one TD, led by Jason Hoffman, who had 16 of those carries for 45 yards and the lone TD. Oxford had a block punt and had a couple other uh, good cases of field position when the Lewisburg punter. Uh, Looks like he shanked a couple of punts and gave them, as I said, real good field position. So they were able to have short fields and really put the game away after the first quarter. So, again, just tough to go down to Oxford. They're, they're a really good, a well-coached team. And uh, Lewisburg just couldn't get it done on Friday night. 39-7, Lewisburg falls to 0-2 in district, 3-3 on the season. Oxford moves to 2-0 and in the dis- in district and 4-0 on the season. So Oxford looks to be a form- formidable team for the rest of the year. Uh, n- moving on, D.C. Jaguars hosted – I'm sorry, traveled to the Horn Lake Eagles last Friday night. Horn Lake, uh, Derek, you and I picked D.C. to beat – the Eagles, uh, that did not happen. Horn Lake figured it out, got got the job done, uh, moved to 2-0 and in district and 2-2 two and two on the season. Horn Lake is definitely uh, rolling over the last two weeks, put together some good things. Uh, D.C. Uh, moves to 0-2 and in district and 2-3 and three on the season. Give us some quick stats, Derek. Uh, Janoris Hobson, the quarterback, he had a 53-yard touchdown run and also had three passing TDs. He had a, uh, there was The Eagles also had a kickoff return for a TD. DeSoto Central had uh, several turnovers. I know they had at least uh, two or three fumbles. Their lone score was a seven-yard TD. It was a run by the quarterback, uh, Jordan Johnson. Uh, but, uh, the total stats 
297 yards for the Eagles, 168 passing, and 129 rushing. Total for the Soto Central, they actually outgained the Eagles. They had 327 yards of total yards, excuse me, passing of 92 and rushing yards of 235. However, as we know, the win or loss is not determined by the number of total yards, but the score. And of course, at this night, it was 54 to 20 Eagles. Yeah, some tough turnovers. They probably moved the ball up and down the field, but when it was all said and done, uh, had some turnovers at costly times, and Horn Lake absolutely just rolled 54-20, to 20, opened up a can big time on the Jaguars the other night. Something else real quick, Derek, before we move on from the DeSoto Central game, sad situation for their football team. The D.C. football program has been shut down for the next two weeks. Our hearts go out to those guys as well. I mean, we've talked about it for the last eight weeks. Hard to believe we've been doing this for eight weeks, but talked about uh, young, young men going to uh, battle each and every Friday night, practicing, working hard to have a football season and just to uh, to have this uh, issue going. So correct me if I'm wrong, you can certainly email us at the show uh, under the water tower info at gmail.com. I believe D.C. has to forfeit the next two weeks. Well, that's what happened. You know, South Haven did. I think if they're not able to reschedule the game, there, there has to be some kind of solution. Uh, sure. I mean, you can't just say that – I mean, I, I – I, I guess there is a possibility you could say it's a, a no game and, and you're just reduced your schedule by one district game. I'm not sure how all that works, but we do know in the case of the Hernando and South Haven game, South Haven did have to forfeit, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, so just a tough situation uh, there at DeSoto Central. Our hearts go out to those young men and, and certainly the administration and, and the school uh, as a whole uh, dealing with that. So um, keep your head up up there uh, on Gilwell Road, uh, the D.C. Jaguars. You know, hopefully we'll be back soon. Going to the west side of the county, Lake Cormorant hosted the New Hope Trojans. Uh, the Gators took care of business, 40-21. to 21. New Hope uh, falls to 0-2 in district, 1-4 on the season. So New Hope is not a very good football team right now. Uh, Lake Cormorant gets their first district win, 1-1, one one, moves their record to 3-1 on the season. Uh, LC is doing pretty, pretty well uh, so far. Um, looking for big things in the 5A ranks for Lake Cormorant, a perennial uh, playoff team in the last five years. And uh, they took care of the, the New Hope Trojans. Derek, we have some stats? Oh, we don't have any stats on that. And again, coaches, uh, this is a good time to remind. Uh, please send any and all information from the uh, previous Friday night's games to Under the Water tower info at gmail.com under the water tower info at gmail.com we would love to get uh, all the young men who play and, and and you know give their hearts and souls every friday night we would love to uh, put them here on the podcast hey Derek, moving on to the private school ranks the north point trojans the north point trojans hosted the facs crusaders in a homecoming battle we'll talk a little bit more about the actual football game Derek. but the mo- more important thing of what happened on friday please give me some a little bit of information information on the big powder puff uh, football game we teased on tuesday so as we mentioned on uh, every homecoming day the juniors and seniors uh, of north point uh, the the girls play each other in a powder puff football game and uh, this was i think historically i think almost every time the seniors have beat the juniors and so my, my son was the coach uh, of the junior team, actually the head coach of the junior team. And so he, you know, mentioned to me that, hey, look, you know, we, we, I don't know how we're going to do. They installed on the triple option and we kind of teased about it. Well, just it goes without saying the juniors won. They went out there. They beat the senior girls. Wanted to go just a couple of shouts out. We had Bethany Wright had a pick six. Uh, Isabella Carson had a rushing TD. And then Hadley Carson had a safety. So they had a pick six touchdown, they had a rushing touchdown, and they had a safety for their 16 points. Uh, the seniors were only able to get one rushing touchdown, a seven. That, uh, my son tells me that there were still horrible calls. Uh, there were uh, two, another pick six that was called back and another rushing touchdown that was called for a hold even though the girls could not block. Girls could not touch each other 
and yet a hold was called on a touchdown run. So I'll let you, you know, be be the judge of that. But anyway, so the uh, the, the juniors do beat the seniors, sixteen to seven. Congratulations to the head coaches, uh, my son, Bob Big Lane, Cooper McCoy, Jackson Thomason, Sean Jampertone on just a a great win, I guess. Don't the boys understand though that it's while it is a bit one sided or kind of geared towards the seniors are supposed to win. Correct. That's kind of how it's supposed to work. Yeah, that's the seniors are supposed to get their opportunity to win their powder puff game. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, and and I think the pretty much the 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 head co- the coaches of the football team are the referees, like the real football team, and they kind of tell them that. But the juniors took it as a challenge, and, and they, they beat the challenge. Wow, they, uh, goodness gracious. Now, I will. They could also be the only uh, class to have be a two-time champion next year because they will be the seniors. Right. Hopefully, I guess, getting the calls unless the coaches want to get back at them for this year. Right. So, we'll see how that goes. Very interesting. That's like a little powder puff football to get you uh, going. For those of you all, again, who don't remember, powder puff is girls playing football, juniors and senior females uh, playing uh, two-hand touch football. So congratulations to to that. But, again, there was a game Friday night. The North Point Trojans, again, hosted the FACS Crusaders in the uh, annual homecoming battle. Uh, the Trojans came out ahead 41-7, to 41-7. to It was an absolute beatdown. Uh, FACS was an – struggled all night. They lost one of their better players early in the game. Had a chance to go up there and visit uh, and sit with you, Derek, and, and watch that game. Derek, you've asked me not to mention it, but I will just simply say, I mean, it's it's a very interesting. If you, if you have kids that go to North Point, when the announcer of the game ends all of his sentences, all of his announcing in, in an upward fashion, it was, a, it was a long game. So what, what exactly are you talking about when you say upward fashion? So what happens, like if Smith on the tackle – Brought down behind the line, holding on the Trojans, third down. He, he, That's it, what it, it sounds like. It tends to kind of go up like that. It, it Every too. single time. It's a lot of syllables like that. I, I, yes. I, would, I would agree. I would agree. You know, he's, he's been doing it for a while. and, and Well, they, they like I don't know him. Games. I'm sure he's a very nice man. And if you listen to the UTW podcast and want to share that, hey, that's a little bit of constructive criticism. I do have the honor of announcing the Hernando Middle School football games. Typically, I don't finish my um, – my sentence is going up like that. <clears throat> Good luck to the Trojans the rest of the way. Uh, Trojans moved to uh, three and one on the season. Derek, three wins. Uh, what did they have last year? Three wins? They had three wins last year. Three wins last year. So matching their total from the, from last year so they can keep the momentum going. FACS is not a good football team. Not a good football team. And real quick, something else, Derek, this is just a, as a fan and as a former football player, uh, I have to say this maybe. Uh, when you're up 34 nothing and it's homecoming, a lot of people come to the games might want to throw some kids a bone and, and let's clear the benches a you little bit. Into the benches. Um, yeah, it's time to into the bench. Time to into the benches. They, uh, they, it was a good game by the Trojans. FAC, probably the Powder Puff game may have been a better game. Probably was a closer game. Exactly. FACS, just, just not a strong team. Uh, they are 0-7 now in the year. The you know uh, Hudson Brown had four touchdown passes on the night. Looked good. to uh, One to Mitchell Wright, one to uh, Christian Gillian. Uh, they had uh, two to Jackson Thomason. Jackson Thomason also had a rushing TD. Uh, and then an eight-yard run by Ethan Perpache uh, uh, ended the, uh, I guess, the scoring for the Trojans. But again, just a good night, a uh, good offensive night to pass some stats to on, on just a, a down FACS team. And again, the, the Trojans come away with a 41-7 victory. It was fun, Derek. And uh, something else I enjoyed, National Anthem before, and a prayer. And a prayer. And that's something I thoroughly enjoyed. Wish we were still doing a lot more of that uh, at all the schools. But uh, last game of the night for Friday night, Magnolia Heights. Magnolia Heights came in with a 4-2 and record against North Delta. Derek, you and I picked the Chiefs to beat the Green Wave. Uh, just kind of felt like Magnolia Heights would uh, be a bigger team, larger school, all that kind of stuff, and we were wrong. Green Wave, 38-28 winners over Magnolia Heights. Why do we cover Magnolia Heights? 
Heights. They're in Sanitopia. We understand that. However, they have a number of DeSoto County uh, school kids. I'm sorry, DeSoto County uh, kids that go there. So we like to give them a shout out each and every Tuesday and Friday. So uh, keep your heads up, Chiefs, and keep keep rolling along uh, as you get back into uh, district play and uh, and see what can happen there. Um, it was my fault. I should have, you know, looking at the, the game again, should not have gone against the Green Wave. The high school I went to with the Green that's Wave. True. They're having a good year this year. I should never pick against them. It's, it's uh, coming back to haunt me right now because uh, North Delta did defeat them. A uh, smaller school uh, did beat the larger school, 38-28. Uh, so, good showing by them. And, and, again, Chiefs just, uh, you know, this Friday try to you know get back on the on the winning side and, and go forward. And, look, we'll be back on the, on Friday. Obviously, uh, if you've been listening to the UTW podcast, previous 16 episodes, uh, we have talked a lot about high school football. That's something that's important to Derek and myself. Uh, we, we definitely want to shine a light on these uh, young people, uh, especially in athletics. So, we, we, we will be back on Friday. Uh, the Friday show will be previewing uh, the upcoming games for this coming Friday night. Again, D.C. will not be part of that. D.C. quarantined or the program put on hold for a couple of weeks. So definitely shout out to the coaches and administrators there. Um, but anyway, so there, uh, something we, we always do on Fridays, and a lot of people say is a favorite part of the show, we discuss the mascot battle royale. We, we discuss what would happen if the mascots were in a cage, who would win. Uh, last Friday we picked the Mustangs to definitely beat a Falcon. Mustang's going to be the Falcon. That happened. Yeah, the Mustang. And that happened. That that actually win did, would, did happen. We uh, discussed that the Conquistadors, just by uh, scientific and historical fact, uh, kind of owned the, the Golden Wave. As you know, they I, had ships. They, they could ride the wave, right. so that's correct. Right. So the, we, the Keisters, uh, you know, beat the Golden Wave. We figured that out. But uh, we lost that one. Yeah, we lost that one. The Golden Wave definitely took care of business. And the Tsunami. Tsunami. <laughs> Absolutely. And the last one we did was a Trojan versus a Crusader. Uh, Crusader, we talked about that being more of a, you know, obviously the Christian Crusaders. We picked the Trojans would win that one. And sure enough, that's what happened on the field as well. But the Trojans would definitely beat the, the Crusaders. But again, we said the Trojans would, would take care of the Crusader, and sure enough, they did. So mascot battle, we were 3-0 and on the, on last week. So our mascot, 2-1. Oh, yeah, that's right. The green we one, the Golden one. Wave. Golden Wave Golden uh, definitely affect us there. So, um, again, great show, Derek. Really enjoyed that. Alder meeting tonight. We'll give updates about uh, that on Friday. South Haven Alder meeting tonight. Please look at, at, at that on YouTube Live uh, about an hour, hour and a half after the meetings. Take a look at that. And again, I think the most important thing about the show today, Derek, is that the DMV is going to turn into a very, very fun place to go. I, can, look, I mean, seriously, bring your popcorn, bring your candy, bring your soft drinks. Just right. come. I mean, we you know we may start having late nights at the DMV. I'm pretty excited about well, it. Exactly. And, you know, I've always wanted to skip the line of the DMV and see what would happen. And now they give us a reason to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so good luck to you. I, yeah. Good luck to you on skipping that line. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. I, as I, 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 walk up, I walk up to the front, just, you know, yeah, all just dressed up for work. Yeah. Just, I'm sorry, I have my sheet here. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, walk up there with your bank polo right up to the sheet. White guy walking to the front of the line with his bank polo on. That's it. That will not go over well. That's it. Good luck to you on that. Well, if there's nothing else, man, enjoy the show. I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. This is where we dropped off a pretty little